Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, Episode 30, Best Diet for Endurance Athletes. Mr. Smith Talks Triathlon, practical triathlon advice for everyday athletes, when Uber Eats can't get to you. Oh, I like that one. I was expecting opening a can of worms or something like that around nutrition controversy all of that kind of stuff but no you you delivered i'm gonna leave you to say like uber eats (laughs) (laughs) i was uh thinking of i think it's that dean canizari's the ultra oh yeah marathon runner and distance runner and i do uh, yeah yeah what you said we'll we'll work on that we'll have it by the end uh i just remember him uh he, he phoned whilst running and was getting pizza delivered to the corner of you know 27th and Maine because yeah. he knew he'd be there in about 10 minutes and, and crazy back in those days that was just such an abnormal thing it uh hey pizza and coke fuel, oh, fuel of champions totally totally by the end of this you'll have told us otherwise but uh here we go again yes indeed so us two for those who haven't listened before I'm Gerard I'm the coach I'm the person who has spent years and hours sifting through trying to make sense of all of the garbage that's out there on the internet. And that's what I've been doing as well, <laughs> making uh, sense and uh, of, of the stuff you send through. And, and handing over to you, Doug, the answer is... Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, I'm kind of the oil that uh, just keeps the, 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 the machine moving smoothly, Absolutely. hopefully. Wouldn't, hopefully. Be, wouldn't be the same. So uh, we're, we're talking about diet for endurance athletes. We'll get there in a second. Mm. Um, but always nice week on week to have a talk about where we are as far as the season goes. You know, we're, into, we're into June. We are. It's, uh, someone was telling me the year is flying by, as it always does. And so right now, our squad here in Wellington, we're focused on running. And I know a lot of other people around the country are, are doing that as well, because it's a great thing to do during winter, where being on your bike in the really cold and the rain ain't so much fun. Yeah. So yeah, our, our squad, more running focus, but keeping other things going to some degree. And the, the great news is that you don't need to be full on training everything all year round. Yeah. And, and that's exactly where we are at now, midwinter. Still a long way till the summer events. So ticking things off, working on areas that we want to work on, but not not stressing, not trying to do it all. Yeah, and a little bit of variety. And that, that sort of up and, I say down in a positive way, that up and down, some fluctuations in what you do, just just to keep the, the body and mind fresh. Yeah, 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 that's right. Speaking of fresh bodies and minds, <laughs> Gerard. You did. Uh, you made your announcement a couple of weeks back that uh, you know you were you're back in training. Yep. After your uh, your 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 health scare, um, talk us through where you're at at the moment. Oh, it's a long road back, Doug. It's it, it's a long time since I've had that much time off training and uh, and felt what it's like. And I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about one of the podcasts how consistency over time is so important. Yeah. And, and this really proves that it is. Um, because for me, I had 10 weeks of no exercise at all. Then I had four weeks where I started getting back into swimming. And that was actually a really good way to do it in hindsight because low impact on the body yeah, and can just get the cardiovascular system going, the heart, the lungs, everything, remembering how to pump oxygen around the body. And you talked about swimming being, was one of the injury podcasts, about swimming being one of the, the things that comes back the quickest. Have you found that? Yeah, definitely. I was really surprised that after those four weeks that I was almost back to swimming at my, my normal level. Wow. Um, maybe not, I need not, to get maybe I need to get injured and then get back in the pool. 
but but it's the, it's pretty much the same for anyone that because your body learns how to swim in a certain way it, it knows the technique that you're used to mm-hmm. and, and swimming is so much about technique so you can h- have some time off hop back in the pool and there's actually um there's a coaching group over in the the states and they are quite big on promoting for a lot of age group triathletes don't try and swim lots over winter unless you really want to work on your swimming right. because you can have time off you can come back to it pretty back quickly it. but not so much the same with the other the running and riding yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. right and and how are they going? Are you, are you are you back on the bike to a, to a greater degree than when we last spoke? Yeah, so I had the first four weeks swim only. The next four weeks after that, or the last four weeks, I've just been working back into the bike and the run. And uh, yeah, that's definitely taking a lot longer. Have seen the the power and the pace being well down from where they used to be. Um, and I'm starting to just feel comfortable. But uh, yeah, there's still a long way to go with with both of those. Well, well, we. And, Everybody, I'm sure, wishes you all the best. And interesting to have have you as an example of some yeah. of the things that we talk about, because yeah, it's all good saying it, but now you've got to do it. That, well, that patience and consistency. Yeah, and, and just to prove that I am, um, over the last four weeks, I've been doing a run walk program to walk, to get myself back into running because I know for me, that's the area I'm most prone to injury. Yeah, there's there's other people I know who are virtually bulletproof and they can get back into the running pretty quickly. Yeah, they've, they've got a two at the start of their age, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very Not much. a four or, in some cases, a five. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, fantastic. Well, let's hope that continues. Yeah, we'll update again in another, another month or so. And the last podcast, you you, fl- you know, flew solo. I you, know. You didn't it need just, any oil. It just wasn't the same. <laughs> Your flattery will get you everywhere. Um, you talked about nutrition for Woo2K, and now I, I know there was a, a fair bit covered. Yeah, so Woo2K is the Wellington Urban Ultra... 2000 um, the trail run that we're training for here in, in Wellington over winter and what I outlined was was the my, my recommended approach to nutrition and that really covered the hydration side of things the the fueling side of things how much you might need for a, a run of that kind of distance and it's I, I was talking specifically to our team for this event but yeah. the same principles apply for anyone doing a, a long distance event so do go listen if you're interested yeah, and I think it's it's one of those things that doesn't matter how fit you are, how fast or slow or in between, you can control yes. your diet. You can control the fuel that you put in. So don't let that, a mistake in that area, be the thing that stops you finishing an event. Yeah, very much. Because that would just be frustrating. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. big time. Um, which segues nicely into, and I will say it, it can be a slightly controversial oh, subject. H- hugely so. you mentioned the word diet. Yeah. Um, it's up there with politics and religion, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get started. Um, but we're going to talk about the best diet for endurance athletes, and athletes are trying to achieve different things a lot of the time. Whether it be just fueling the machine, whether it be playing with different foods to get different performance out of your body, yep. and of course the possibly the losing weight one as well. Yeah, and that's where it does get a little bit of a touchy subject for sure. Um, but you know your 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 overarching summary before we even dive into it around um, you know diet for endurance athletes. Yeah, I think the big thing is there are so many things out there, and the internet just propagates propagates propaganda yep. everywhere, and that there are so many stories about this is the best, and this is the best, and this is why, and all the success stories. What you often don't see is the the failure stories. And the the long term results. It's 
you, you see what's a real hot topic right now. So what we'll do is we'll run through um, five, there are many more, of popular or, or known common diets that endurance athletes often try or, or use and just talk about very briefly what each of them is about and uh, wrap up at the end. And I think the, well, I hope the answer will start to become obvious as we go through them. Yep. And some uh, some of the ones you're going to talk about, I was interested to to, to see them on the list Right. Um, because I don't see them as, yeah, it's, it's interesting. We'll talk about it as we go along. And uh, first on the list, the, the, the classic, the old favourite. Yeah. The all-time, it's been around since Adam was a cowboy, Weight Watchers. Yeah, and, and I guess to some people that wouldn't occur as an endurance, a, a diet for endurance athletes, but there are a lot of people who are out there on a weight loss journey, so... It is. It does quite often come up, come up, and Weight Watchers. What that's really all about, in my mind, is that it encourages fresh food, but the the biggest focus is on portion control. It's mm-hmm. getting people to um, not exactly count calories, but uh, in the past there's been a point system. There's lots of ways to estimate how much food you're having in a meal, and making sure that's appropriate, which probably works. You know, I've used the app My Fitness Pal before. Mm. You know, it's a, and weight loss really is an input output equation. Yeah. You know, whatever you take in, if you're not burning it and a little bit more, you're not going to lose weight. Yeah. And I think Weight Watchers from a point system, that's that's how it, it works. Achieving the same thing very much. And I think to keep your points down, you go for the fresh vegetables, m- most fruits. There are obviously some that are a bit high in sugar and different things, but yeah, yeah, it was a, a bit of a, a point system. So. Yeah, so, I can so, kind of the, understand. The, the, the one thing about it is that it does it is weighted to encourage fresh food, but if you want to eat very little and drink five glasses of wine a night, you can still come in within your points. You may not be an endurance athlete. Then. <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> Unless it's a drinking competition. Yeah. Okay. Something but, but, yeah, a little... the, 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 sorry, the big thing, just to remember about that one, it's about portion control, and that basically re- cuts calories from, okay. from where you started. And not quite the other end of the scale, but an interesting, interesting one, all about sort of high fat intake, the, the keto, yeah, keto diet. So you hear the terms uh, low carb, high fat, and keto, and they are related. But ketogenic diet is the extreme end of it. That's extremely high proportion of your calories coming from fat, eighty percent of your calories. Wow, which is which is huge. Yeah, so it doesn't leave room for much else. And in fact. Some some people, in fact, you, you do have to be fairly careful that even almost weighing your spinach to make sure there's not too many calories coming from from whatever's in that. Yeah, we could have a so, whole conversation. I'd, I'd I'd be interested to see a week's worth of what food was consumed to mm. to to achieve that. But yeah. and, and and so yeah, ketogenic is the very much the extreme end of it. Um, if you're talking low carb, high fat, then you are heading towards that direction on the continuum. Um, if, if imagine carbohydrate at one end fat at the other end you're kind of sliding towards the end of the fat but it's it's not it's never all or nothing and that, that's a really important thing to remember yeah and the theory behind it was it developed for something specific or so it actually comes out of um a, a really commonly known version of it was the Aitken's diet Okay. Years ago, yeah, yeah, which yeah. again was about weight loss. Yeah. Um, what they have found is that low carb, high fat, it has got some really good benefits for specific health issues. I think epilepsy, diabetes, those kind of things. It's it's it, I believe it's been proven to be very successful in those areas. 
but okay. from an athletic point of view, the idea is that you can reduce your reliance on carbohydrate and, mm-hmm. and sugar, turn your body into more of a fat-burning machine, um, become more efficient with that. And, and through that process, a lot of most people find that they lose a bit of weight. Yeah. Okay. Um, in, in, in the end, what you're really doing is you're eliminating quite a substantial food group or, or significantly cutting down your carbohydrate intake. Okay. So you are actually reducing calories. You're, you're having some fat instead, but because you're cutting out such a big um, macronutrient food group, yeah. overall it restricts the pool of food you've got to choose from. And again, although extremely high fat, I guess there's a portion control as well. Yeah. It's well, the, the theory is that fat is much more satisfying so that you will naturally feel a bit fuller mm-hmm. and you won't have quite the same urges to uh, to overeat and the cravings. Like half an hour after a salad when I want a burger. Yeah, yeah that okay. yeah, very much. Understood. Um, third third one you wanted to talk about briefly was uh, paleo. Yeah, which so is pretty pa- pretty uh, well publicised over the over recent years. Yeah, that was probably the big one five ten years ago, and then then low carb high fat has become kind of the the newer hot topic. Um, paleo is all about the eating like a caveman did, and so back in those days they didn't eat grains, they didn't have dairy and legumes, um, bean mm-hmm. kind of yeah. things. Um, so the really big emphasis on natural foods because you can't eat any crap if you're eating like a, a caveman that they just didn't have muesli bars or McDonald's or anything <laughs> else at all. Yeah. It must be quite a limited range to choose from well, that, to, to satisfy those. Very much. That you yeah. think if you take out grains, anything to do with breads, cereals, cereals. those kind of things, yep. you take out dairy, cheese, milk, all of those, legumes, suddenly there's a much smaller pool of food you've got to choose from. Yeah. And so because of that, then, hey, there's probably only so many salads you can eat and so many servings of meat before... Yeah. Um, and, and look, no, I'm simplifying it there. You can come up with amazing recipes, but yeah, you, you have fewer things to choose from. Yeah. So therefore, most people don't overeat. Yeah, so both paleo less. and keto sound you know, quite focused on a very particular food group yeah which is interesting yeah that's right and and, and, sure. and look don't don't get me wrong they are not that extremely limited that there's only three things in your pantry there, there's amazing meals you can make with them but what they are doing is eliminating choice yes and okay. and we know that from walking down the supermarket aisles that choice is everywhere and it's really really tempting yeah um speaking of eliminating choice how about some intermittent fasting then there's no choice yeah so, so th- I've, I've heard about it. What, what's the apart from the fact you're not consuming any calories? What yeah, does it do? Lots and lots of approaches to this one. Um, for some people, it is okay. You might have dinner at six pm, and then you're not going to eat breakfast or lunch until a certain time the next day. It's really extending that window where you are not eating. Yeah. Um, for other people, it, it, it could even be a couple of days a week where you eat absolute minimal, minimal quantities, like 500 calories, yep. and then you eat more on the other days. I think that's, I've heard of the 5-2. Yeah, that's which it. Which was, yeah. you choose two days where you do it, it's literally 400 calories or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. And and so that one, again, like a lot of others, it's, it's cutting the number of calories you're eating. It, it doesn't put a restriction on what you eat the other days, but overall... If if someone was to count calories over the week, they're probably going to be eating less than they were before, simply because there's say two days a week where you're eating bugger all, yeah. and so you're you're not overcompensating much for that on the other other days. Hmm. 
Um, vegan. Yeah. It's another one, you know, it's you hear more and more about it. Yeah. Or, and it's not so much a diet. Uh, to me, I think it's a choice, is it? Yep. Yeah, very, yeah. very much. Yeah. yeah. There, there are people in it for... Um, because they believe in animal rights yep. and others they just they are choosing to eat more like that um, and again vegan like all the other ones previously that there is a limited a reduced choice of foods because you've taken out all animal products meat milk cheese yep. anything related to that, that comes eggs comes from animals you avoid those it and, almost strikes me as if the, the they all apart from the Weight Watchers one, where it's more about the calorie counting, the way that these diets are structured around the elimination of a particular group. So actually probably worth talking about, you know, the things that are common across there that you you see as as important or worth highlighting. Look, and and I think you hit it exactly on the head, Doug, there, that they they don't promote them as... um, cutting food groups or cutting calories but that is actually the result of what those mm. are because you, you you take away choice and naturally people will eat less it's it's just it's human nature it's and, and it's also when when you take eliminating groups of food most of the time it's going to be a lot of the processed crap is going to be the first stuff to go yeah because all of these approaches they really encourage the fresh healthy food which is so important, so healthy, so satisfying. And if you think, okay, great, I'm filling up on that. I can't even choose to go down the road and have a Mars bar because that's not part of, of this diet. Shit, you're going to lose weight. Yeah. I can, can almost guarantee it. And you, you mentioned it about the good, lots of vegetables and quality proteins. It's the old mm. sort of the, the things your, your great-grandmother might have seen in the supermarket. Yeah. You know, the, all the things around, within reason, around the outside. Yeah. You know, the meats, the vegetables. That's that type it. of thing, yeah. Um, although in some cases, don't go to the the dairy <laughs> end of uh, with, with you know the milk and the, the yeah, yogurts yeah. and things are. Yeah, you're right. And, and look, none of those approaches guarantees health. But you think if you if you follow them and you do cut out the crap and you eat the fresh stuff, it is going to be very good for you. Yeah, I, I think you you may end up using a word that we've discussed, whether it be mental, physical, or on diet. There's probably a balance somewhere. Yes. Yep. Uh, unless you're about to tell me that one of those is the business. Well, I think, what's what's the answer? I think we've probably got to that. Can probably tell by now. Um, I think there's there's benefits in all of them, but see the thing is that I hear so many people who talk about when I was on paleo and when I did low carb, high fat. Well, why aren't you now? And mm. it comes back to it's either um, not practical to do long term for some of the some of these things, which are kind of more at the extreme end. Or simply that you're not motivated to do it all the time. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing to remember is that, yes, you follow that one of those approaches. Generally, it's going to be better for your health. Generally, you're probably going to lose a bit of weight. But if you stop again, you're just going to go back to where you were. So there's, in amongst those, there is no one which is best. Yeah. And I think it needs to be a lifestyle choice as well. You know, this yeah. sport that we do, it's not just for a month or two here, there and everywhere. It's It's year in, year out. Yep. And you've got to fuel the machine. Yep. Um, and and look, if you love burgers, it's okay to eat burgers. Maybe just not every night. Maybe yeah, yeah. not from the takeaways. Yep. But you can you can make those choices, and you can make incredibly healthy burgers. So look, um, there's a guy named Matt Fitzgerald who's written a lot of books around endurance 
all sorts of endurance subjects. And um, a, a big part of what he's written about is diets. Um, I can't even remember all of the, name, the names of the titles, but if you look up his books, I think they're really, really good reading. And in one of his books, he makes the point that the best approach to nutrition is one that is normal to your culture and environment. Hmm. So if you think about it, Japanese people, I think, still eat a lot of rice and fish and those kind of foods. We here in New Zealand, we eat meat and dairy and things like that. You go to the Middle East, um, pita bread, hummus, those kind of things. And so if you can choose foods which are healthy within your normal, culturally normal environment, those are the things that are going to be the easiest to eat regularly and are going to be sustainable for you to do long term. You don't have to go out to dinner with friends and go, sorry, can't eat that. Yep. And I think the word diet scares some people and all of a sudden strict, yes, no, yes, no. Yeah. The cultural thing, putting your sweeping cultural stereotypes that you just threw out there (laughs) um you don't want it to be too hard don't want to make it any harder than it needs to be yeah that's right so go for something that allows you to do it within you know they're in the local supermarkets or down at the veggie market or whatever you don't have to order it in from overseas because you're on some diet that means you have to have this stuff from the you know grown in the andes or don't get me started on superfoods oh don't (laughs) let's not go there i think somewhere along the line it's a balance it's a balance about what goes in don't don't just be so strict that you become miserable. Yep. There's always things going on in our lives, birthday parties, weddings, where let yourself go a bit. One bad day every it, couple of weeks totally. is not going to make a world of difference. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And, and look, please don't get me wrong that if anyone is following one of those approaches to eating, that's absolutely fine. I've got no beef at all with that, but I just see, ha, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Vegan would, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Sorry, that, they might have beef with that. Yeah. Um, but there's, yeah, don't feel that caught up in all of this hype about various approaches. There is no one best. The best one is the one that you can do long term, which will make you healthy and help you do your training. Yeah, no, I think you did right. In summary, it's about if it helps you lose weight and that's one of your goals, great. If it fuels you so you feel yeah. you're performing, yes. that's great as well. And thirdly, if you if you don't feel really bad. When you have a little treat, yeah, that's a good thing as well. You're absolutely right. Yep. yep, should be no guilt attached with the occasional treat. Fantastic. And I think um, in in closing, a lot of food for thought there, oh, Gerard. Oh yes, like yes. we've done there. Like um, so much food for thought. Make sure you share the podcast. Yeah, look, get us get us out there. We want to go global. T- time to start putting in a plug. We're not going to sell you anything. We're not going to charge you for it. But if um, if you like what we're talking about here, then please do tell a friend. Share it out there. Um, yeah, we'd love some more. More listeners, more feedback. Superb. Thank you, Doug. Cheers, Joe.